Welcome back. You, you listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host, Rob Morris. Uh, the second segment. This is episode 16. So, yeah, props to Darte Ruffin. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, he Right now he's playing in the Swedish Basketball League, so... Just uh, shout out to him. Hopefully, he does well in his endeavors in life. Um, yeah, it was he had a nice, you know, nice uh, interview about you know h- how everything started with him from all the way from high school. Where I, well, I mean, I've been going to school with him since middle school. So all the way from middle school to high school and on. And then obviously he went to college and uh, Drexel and then then he went to play overseas. So and he's still doing that going on six years, so you know, props to him. Hopefully he keeps doing that and, and hopefully he continues his success in life. But yeah, we're gonna move on. Not really much to talk about. It's a dry period, as far as like basketball goes. Like it's always around this time, like end of July to like August. It's a really dry period when it comes down to basketball talk. So I'm gonna try to put in some random notes that I was able to find. Not much going on. But, I mean, obviously, I caught the Kawhi and uh, Paul George presser the other day. Um, Obviously, what what you expect out of a press conference, they're asking questions and whatnot. But I just thought it was bizarre, the whole scene with the owner, uh, what's his name, Balmer, getting super excited. But this is who he is. Like, he's always a guy that's... Uh, over-elated about things, and and he's just like, he's like a kid in the candy store, like just, or a fat kid that loves cake. He's just like that excited about signing these two guys, and I just thought that was hilarious to see all that. I was just like, well, it's like a, it's a joke. Like, he's, <laughs> like, I mean, this is, I mean, they signed them, what, almost going on a, a good month now, and he's still that excited about it. But, I mean, like, I get it. It's a huge moment. I think he, um, it wasn't too long ago since he actually took over the team. So the Clippers have definitely have made strides since, you know, probably the 90s where they were, like, the, the, the dumpster of the league. And now they're, like, probably the elite of the elite right now at – two top 10 players on on your team i mean that's gonna get any owner excited but i just thought he overdid it but <laughs> but yeah i mean and it was I, I, and it, I thought it was funny too like i'm just like watching it i'm at work just you know just chilling out my lunch break and i'm listening i'm watching the press conference on live stream on youtube and it's just yeah, I was able to catch the end of it where they got uh where they got the jerseys and they were both were able to keep their 
you know, their jersey numbers. So that's cool. That tells you the history of the franchise. They have never retired any jerseys, so they were able to get, keep their, you know, the numbers that they've always worn. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they come a long way. The Clippers have come a long way, man. But obviously they've been relevant, of, you know, these past, you know, past 10 years now. They've been relevant somewhat, you know to Chris Paul coming there and then drafting Blake Griffin and and having, you know, that DeAndre Jordan core. So they've been relevant for a good while now. And obviously, you know, Doc Rivers coming there, you know, the past couple of years, you know, putting his um, stamp on the, on the franchise as well. So they've been relevant recently. So it was only a matter of time when they were actually going to get you know, have a day like this where they were able to get two elite guys. You know, it's crazy how it all how it all um how it all happened, but here they are uh getting the getting those type of caliber players. It's 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 it must be a great feeling and uh, but I just like I said to mention like uh I just thought it was funny that um the reporters they they asked questions about like yeah like how the Clippers uh, franchise has changed over the years and and they like literally I mean I think Paul George or whatever Kawhi answered that question and they literally are just clapping like a sympathy clap I'm just like they're clapping I'm like okay like act like you've been there like it's not like this team has like they were like a bad team last year they won 48 games last year and they've been pretty much relevant the past 10 years so act like you've been there i know it's a huge moment for the franchise but i'm like it's just like it's kind of i feel like it was just that whole press was so over the top i'm just like all right (laughs) sounds like i'm kind of like that I wanted, I mean, yeah, anyone would want those type of players to come into their team, but I just thought that was funny, I just really thought that was so funny, but, uh, well, yeah, we'll move on, I mean, we got uh, some high school notes, um, like, some recruiting news that I can bring up, and a lot of transfers, like, a lot of, a lot of guys are transferring, to uh different schools even if they're in prep schools they're transferring to different prep schools so i'm gonna get into that but first thing first i thought this was big news i put it on the site uh dalian johnson um he's from andover andover mass he played uh last season he played for uh phillips academy he just recruited he just he just got committed to uh, Penn State, so congrats to him. That's a huge gift for Penn State. Um, he's rated as a three star recruit according to two two four seven Sports, but um, I think he he has the capability to do a lot more than than that rating. Um, I just think he's very athletic. That's good. He's a little undersized. He's listed as a as a two guard, but he's like six. He stands at like six three, so a little bit undersized for a two guard. But 
I, I was very athletic, um, good shooter, um, just, like, yeah, he's a really, really good shooter, that's probably one of his better s- skills, is that he can, you know, light you up from the outside, like I say, very good in transition, um, like I said, stands at 6'3", but has, has a lot of length to him, so, he, you know, I don't know what his exact wingspan is, but it looks like his He's got a pretty, uh, pretty nice wingspan, so he looks bigger than than six three. So, I mean, who knows if he can, you know, learn how to play, you know, have some somewhat, have some point guard skills or learn how to play a little point that would really help him out if he wants to get to the next level. Because obviously that is a small size for a shooting guard, but if he's the score that he was in in, in high school, he was a dynamic scorer in high school. If he can translate that to the next level, to Penn State, and a very good conference in the Big Ten, I mean, I think he's going to the league regardless. Look at Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards is six feet, and he's, you know, he's a great scorer and dynamic scorer. If he can do this exact same thing, then, then sky's the limit for him. I think he can definitely have a career in the next level. I think he looks the part. You know, very dynamic player. So. That's a huge get, and obviously, for him to even like get a Big Ten offer, we had a lot of offers. Anyways, he had his choice of offers that he could have went to and decided to get a Big Ten offer like that. You got to take it. I mean, Big Ten's probably one of the better conferences in basketball in the country. So, so props to him. Um, making that, making that move, and see, see how he does in the in the next level. But I thought it was I thought this was really interesting. You know, you see you see all the you know. Luckily, the league hasn't gone too into the super team type of thing because it's gotten really crazy over the years, and now I'm really um, excited to to watch the upcoming season because it's it's not going to be any super teams. But in high school, that hasn't changed at all. Like, guys are definitely wanting to, you know, team up with each other and play with each other. So you're kind of seeing somewhat of a super team with this, with this news. Um, I thought this was surprising. Um, I've been talking about Matt Cross the past couple weeks. I talked about him last week. How he had a strong summer in the in the um, Nike EYBL tournament. Um, uh, he was killing it out there, showing his versatility. How he can you know be a dynamic scorer and whatnot. And the kid he's going to, uh, he just he just um, he just took he just took note that he's going to Brewster Academy. So that is huge news. Like their team is going to be a wagon. They were already a pretty dominant team last year. They already had an NBA player on their team in Jalen LaQuell. And now they added Matt Cross, which we know he's definitely a high-caliber player. He's getting a lot of offers all over the place. He's like a four-star recruit. Uh, he's from Massachusetts. Um, before that, he was going to Woodstock Academy, so now he's going to Brewster Academy. So that's huge 
for them to get him. They already have Terrence Clark, the you know, the um, the upcoming junior that's expected to, to be pretty much quarter from every school in the country. Like he's getting offers from Kentucky and Duke. So you got that high caliber player he's playing with. And then you have Demar Langford, which is getting some offers. I was surprised to see that he got an offer from BC. BC's really recruiting him hard. So hopefully BC can get him. That's a very good talent. He's he's a borderline three-star, four-star recruit. So you're playing with that caliber. You're literally starting somewhat of a super team in high school or in the in a you know in the prep ranks. And that's we all know, I mean, they I mean obviously in most prep schools they do load their rosters up with NBA caliber talent or you know just D one caliber talent. And I mean these are like probably the three best players in mass all on one team. So <laughs> Like and and they're no slouches either. Like they're in, like nationally they're respected. Like they're one of the better, probably one of without a doubt, not in just Massachusetts alone, but in the whole entire region or the Northeast itself. They're one of the best prospects in the Northeast, playing in one playing on one team. So, the Brewster Academy is going to be like an elite elite team coming into this year when they have that caliber of talent. So that's going to be something to see without a doubt. And then also here's another note. Leo Klacken, Um Well, he went to... I believe he played in Vermont. He played, I think, he played for Rice Memorial in Vermont, which I believe that's a prep school. He's now heading to Worcester Academy, so he's a youngin. He's still, you know, he's, he was a sophomore going into his junior year this year, so he still got two more years left for eligibility in high school. So he's he's a pretty pretty strong prospect. Uh, doesn't isn't getting a ton of love yet from. I mean, not getting a ton, ton of exposure yet, but hes I think he's going to be good. It's only a matter of time. I think he might have a strong year this year. Obviously, he might get more exposure playing for Worcester Academy, which obviously that's a very um, one of the more dominant prep schools in, in Mass. So, I mean, he's 6'4", slim body. He has to gain a little weight. He has to fill out his body, but he's very talented. Um, we'll have to see how he does in Worcester Academy. Um, another young guy, Josh Morissette. Um, he's, which I believe, I don't know if I said this before, but yeah, he's going to Phillips Exeter in New Hampshire. Like he, he went to Exeter High School in New Hampshire, but now he's going to Phillips Exeter, which that's the prep school in New Hampshire. So... Still, um, he's a sophomore going into his junior year. I believe he played for the BABC team, the the under sixteen BBC team. So he played in that the Nike EYBL tournament. I I didn't cover the under sixteen ranks, but that's where he played at this summer. So yeah, like cause he's more of a shooter type. I don't have a huge profile on him. He's still 
still has still hasn't got really much that that much exposure, but he's ranked pretty high and and in a few uh sites that I was able to um or a few sources I was able to find out on on his you know his profile but you know I think he's an up and coming player just like uh just like Leo Clacken he's an up and coming player so you got to watch out for him um obviously if he's going to move taking the move to prep school he's just trying to challenge himself but he feels like he can he has the capability to be in the D1 ranks for sure. So keep an eye on him. Um, when I get note of, you know, possible offers he's getting, I'll let you know that. But he's definitely an up-and-coming player, which, will, like I said, he'll be an upcoming junior this year. So, and then, like I said, there's really not much going on, guys. I'm about to wrap this up soon. Um, What was I going to say? Um, like I said, United States basketball is is, is definitely um, they 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 had a lot of news so far. I mean, their their training camp roster is is finalized, and obviously the Celtics got a good contingent contingent that's going to uh, the training camp in uh, Las Vegas. I mean, you got uh, they got like four players, like obviously Kimba and Tatum were the first two to be they were on the original roster a lot of a lot of guys dropped out so it really opened up slots for you know the you know the you know for guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to get those you know those last two fill-in spots so you got four players from the Celtics going to the training camp in Las Vegas which the training camp will probably start um I believe early or early August maybe late well, we're in late July now, so I believe it starts next week. Um, they're gonna start uh, getting out to uh, Las Vegas to start training. You know, doing the um, they got the they're gonna have that scrimmage, probably like maybe like a week later, and then obviously you get those exposition uh, ex. You know they're gonna they're gonna have like exposition games against um, different countries. I think I heard they they have they're gonna have one. At, against Australia, so that's one of them, and then obviously it's all preparation for the um, FIBA World Cup, which will be in the end of August, so if this if they can get four players, I mean, Celtics could get four players in that training camp roster, that would be crazy, like that's, I don't think we've ever, we have really never have seen that in a while, we've never really had you know, many Celtics in a long time that have been able to compete in those tournaments. Not that I know of. Um, this is like the first time that we've actually have young talent, young up and coming talent, you know, be, you know, recognized, you know, as like one of the greats in the world. So I think that's a great thing, you know, great exposure for the Celtics of course and obviously you know far as far as I know usually is always great a great time for the players to connect with other players around the league um possibly you know you know they could recruit you know one another for you know if they want to play with each other in the future like 
it's a great opportunity for like us to, you know, Kimbo or Tatum to kind of, you know, work out their pitches for, you know, future, you know, free agents that might want to join the Celtics or that, you know, they can convince or persuade to join the Celtics. So that's, it's, it's all, all around. It's a huge opportunity for us, for the Celtics to really kind of, um, I don't want to say us, like, but I'm a Celtic fan, as you guys know. Like, I'm from, born and raised in Boston. Well, actually, Lynn. I'm from Lynn, but I'm born and raised in Massachusetts, so I'm a Celtics fan. So you're gonna hear me say us or things like that. Like, I'm part of the team. I'm not a part of the team, but I like to talk in that, talk in that way because I watch Celtics games since I was six years old and when I was so young, so I, it feels like I'm part of the team, but I'm not, but, I mean, I, I think you all guys do it, as fans, we all do it, we all feel like we're, you know, we support the team, and we feel like we're a part of the team, or we feel like that we've invested so much time in watching them over the years, that it becomes second nature to, like, kind of talk in that way, like, oh, like, you're a part of the team, but I'm, I'm not part of the team, I'm just, just want to clear that out but yeah <laughs> but so i mean that that would be great if the celtics get four players to go out to you know compete for the FIBA world cup because like i said that would be great exposure without a doubt we're already a, a a team that gets a lot of that you know worldwide i think worldwide i think the celtics are a great brand worldwide like people know about the boston celtics in Japan, China, all those European countries. It's a worldwide brand, so it makes it even more better to see four guys that played on the Celtics play on that, that United States team. So this is a great opportunity all around. It's definitely a great opportunity. All right, so we'll wrap this show up. Um, you're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host, Rob Morris. Like I said, again, you're listening to episode 16. Congrats to my man Darte Ruffin to joining me on the earlier part of the show. Once again, I'm out. Peace.